the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good morning. Good day. I'm Rob Black, all things financial. Talk about retirement, getting you there. That's the idea. It's been four months since Facebook suspended former President Donald Trump because of his potential to inspire violence. Whether he gets reinstated is up to the company's oversight board. Looks like it's not going to happen. But a rollout of the decision is going to be over time. It's increasingly clear that there's a problem with discussing uh, social media and political issues as kind of a binary way. It seems like more of an art at this point in time. Interesting. Um, I like Facebook stock a lot at this point in time. If the markets get caught up in a correction, it's one of the names that I would instantly look at as an idea because I started my day talking about it. It shows you that there's some relevance to it. Growth stocks had a tough go of it yesterday, but when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? A little bit of a rebound again, a little bit of a buy the dip, but will it be two steps backward, one step forward? Because it's certainly not two steps forward, one step backwards, and it's not even, it's kind of been one for one recently, but a little bit less than that. It's been weak. Some encouraging Reports and outlooks from Lyft, Match, and Akamai. They're saying that this summer is going to be the summer of sex, the summer of free love, summer of vacations, the summer of going wild. With that said, uh, Pfizer also said, let me throw a little bit of Sister Mary Elephant on you to kill the hallelujah, the summer of sex. Uh, Pfizer said yesterday, we are going to be selling the vaccine for years to come. And booster shots are going to be a thing. Colleges, for their part, are saying, you're not welcome back. Not all colleges, but a large sum of colleges in building momentum are saying, students aren't welcome on campus without a vaccine. Hey, Dad, this is my roommate, Moderna. Ooh, she's sexy. She's a vaccine. I don't know what that even means. But here's the Sister Mary Elephant, part two. Number of births in the United States fell 4% in 2020, dropping to the lowest level since 1979, continuing a multi-year trend of declining birth rates. That's not good. If you're counting on taxpayers. Every time someone has a little baby, an angel gets its wings? No. Every time someone has a little baby, we need 16 more to pay for my Social Security benefits. 
number of births in the U.S. fell 4% in 2020. Now, 2020, we could all kind of say, it's it's so weird because I'm seeing, you know, kids who had just had a baby, or not kids, or I see parents who just had a baby, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I got a COVID kid, ah. I'm like, well, they'll always have that story to tell. Mom and dad made whoopee with masks on or something like that. I don't know. Is that how babies are made? So the data is not looking good for the future taxpayers. And more and more, we're leaning on taxpayers to fund social projects. Some fantastic that we all understand, some a little bit ludicrous that we're like, what's that all about? Nancy Pelosi wants a million dollars to start a museum. That's not acceptable. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we need to stop. Even if it's the greatest museum on the planet, she's not a museum designer. In theory, I know you're saying you're, you're, you're upset, you're fed up with waste. I'm upset with pet projects for sure. A few years ago when I learned that part of our U.S. budget had you know, a little claw in for a company in, that basically was a gasoline company that sold fake wooden Indian arrowheads as part of a cultural celebration. I was like, wait, wait, they're fake. You're talking about a gas company? Like, fill her up, gas station. Kid goes in, mom, dad, can I get an arrowhead? I'm like, whoa. We do waste a lot of money. I mean, you can see the obvious ones, like the Pentagon's $500 hammer, the $4,000 toilet. And then you're like, yep, no babies to pay those taxes in the future. And even more upsetting or alarming was the trend down in it. So, I don't think there's really... GM had much better than expected results. That's kind of the nicest thing I could say about today. ADP employment change report for April showed 742,000 jobs were added to the private sector. Following an upwardly revised 565,000 in March. So I think the labor market is off to a positive start today. Again, we take these things as they will. Tomorrow, we get first-time unemployment claims. Wednesday, we get the private payroll sector ads. Thursday, we get the first-time unemployment claims. First Friday of the month, which happens to be this Friday, we'll get the employment report. What's the unemployment number? What's the long-term unemployment? Um, people who are just falling off the ranks, giving up. But back to the births issue real quick. I know you're saying you really do think of everything incredibly in poor taste about money, even children. Hey, children are a blast. They're a lot of fun. But if you can't afford to live in a house, a lot of people aren't going to say, I don't want a baby because I don't want to raise a baby in an apartment. So it is kind of all connected in a funny, goofy kind of way. If housing was more affordable in big cities, we might be having more babies because families might be feeling a little bit more comfortable with the long-term American dream of a white picket fence, 2.2 babies, chicken in the pot on Sundays, and you get the idea, maybe a, a future retirement in a beach house with long, slow walks on the beach while you're dying of cancer. <clears throat> well, I know you're saying that's putting a little bit of a damper on things, Rob. Yes, I know. It's kind of what I do. 
Um, Amazon's been so successful in the last year. We're forgetting one area where they're not being successful. I read a great long piece research report on Amazon yesterday. Where do you think they're struggling? Whole Foods. Their sales fell by about 15% in the first three months of the year compared to the same period last year in 2020. Not the easiest comparison considering COVID, but real life grocery stores still matter. And it's an area that Amazon has some gaping holes to try to explain what's going wrong. Is that a reason enough for me to give up on Amazon? New, 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 new. Um, but there's a lot of innovation going. Falling sales numbers from Amazon's physical stores is a problem for Amazon. Sales of mushroom during the pandemic for Amazon and competitors on grocery orders and having them delivered. And Amazon really wasn't the winner. So Walmart's grocery stores increased by 9% last year. That shouldn't be happening. They're growing much faster than Amazon. Again, Amazon sales fell 15%. Amazon, uh, Walmart's was up 9 You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. The electric vehicle industry, the IEA, has said we are going to be short massive amounts of the chemicals needed to build electric vehicles. Start mining, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie Diamond says that he's fed up with Zoom calls and remote work, says commuting to offices will make a comeback. Um, that's coming. The reality is it's coming. I know a couple companies that are trying to do recalls of workers, and there's already some pushback. I, I don't I don't want to influence the judges here, but I don't think it's going to be smooth. Dogecoin is surging to another 20%. It is now approaching 70 cents per coin. So had you bought Dogecoin, if you put a million dollars in Dogecoin yesterday, you're worth $1.2 million today. What? And ultimately, it seems like it should be ludicrous. There is a big argument, and I don't want to get into big arguments. Because, again, I believe in Bitcoin with a small amount of your wealth. But until you're wealthy, and I consider wealthy for you to start anywhere between 100000 to a $1 million dollars, I consider it to be pretty speculative. But once you get that 100000 to a $1 million, I consider it to be a little bit of a diversification. But Dogecoin surging 20% in one day, it's here, – here's where I want you to do a little bit of a long read. Google digital currencies and oil prices. And if you – when you, you're done with that research, if you think the U.S. is ever going to let the dollar be broken and go the direction of – uh, Bitcoin or, or digital cryptocurrencies? I, I don't think so. So regulators are going to step in and say this is bad for money laundering. This is bad for tax evasion. This is bad for big crime. This is bad for the price of oil. There is a conspiracy theory, and this is probably a little bit more real than you know. Hillary Clinton's got two hundred 
children that she's sucking the blood from. But there's a conspiracy theory that China wants Bitcoin to destroy the dollar and that they're behind the move. And there's enough evidence to say, you know, 80%, 85% of the world's Bitcoin is being mined in China right now is telling you that what you're seeing is not a middle finger to the U.S. financial regulation system. It's a middle finger to the United States from China. Peloton is in a messy, messy situation today. Have you ever had a dog eat the trash and you come home and the dog's got its tails between its leg? Um, that's a good way for the dog to be because when you're angry, you're looking at it and going, oh, oh, I, I'm going to punch you in your face, you little doggy. And then he's got that sad look and you're like, oh, it's okay. You just did the world a favor by being a trash compactor. Um, Peloton's doing a little bit of the, the guilty look right now. They're recalling all treadmills after reports of injuries and one death. Wow. You don't typically hear about people dying on treadmills. Strangely, it's happened. And there's been some big examples of it. Um... But one death is one too many in most people's minds. So I believe Peloton's doing the right thing by doing a massive, quick, fast, and furious recall. We started hearing about, don't let babies and children near your Peloton. That's typically going to lead to, and again, I'm talking treadmill, not rowing machine, or bike, rather. Um... They're going to have insurance. Very few companies go to work on Monday without insurance. So the recall is going to be hurtful. And in the end, I think you could kind of think of recalls as automobile recalls. And like it's doing the right thing. If you have an airbag that doesn't properly deploy, spend the money, do it. In the years to come, your customer may forget that he bought a buggy car because he did the recall and he didn't die in it. And he's like, well, I didn't die in my last Ford. Might as well get another Ford. Didn't die in my last Chevy, so might as well get another Chevy. So there's a lot going on. Facebook upholding the Trump ban. Jamie Dimon fed up with Zoom calls. Peloton doing a massive recall. Peloton down about 5% on the initial break of the news, but down about 8%. Um, I think Peloton is an elite player in exercise equipment. In my head of heads, is that enough in a non-pandemic world where I'm now a member of a gym again? Is being Does Rob want to invest in gym equipment when Rob could invest in Facebook? It's a very good question. Warren Buffett once said something along the lines of, pretend you only have 20 punch, punches in your punch cards. It's not for me. In last year, lumber futures are up 33%. That's starting to become a bigger story in the U.S. as people are starting to figure that out. Um, we've talked about it for a few weeks now. Best thing Biden could do right now is call Mr. Trudeau and say, we got to work on these tariffs here because you got lumber, we got dollars. Again, yesterday, what's wrong with people? 
this is where I just don't, I don't even want to go to work anymore. I kind of want to turn the TV off for months and months and months, but Asian American attacks, man punching Asian father, pushing stroller in San Francisco. Um, we, this has to stop. I don't know what it is. I don't know. We give people crazy shots when they're caught doing crazy stuff. I don't know. If we put them in prison longer. I, what do we do? I don't have the answer. Um, 800-516-1220 teach calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, some other big stories of note. Growth stocks are rebounding today. That's kind of nice. Um, plane crashes in Mississippi home, killing four people. I'm less worried about planes crashing than that big Russian rocket up in the atmosphere that's twirling out of control that's going to come crashing down. I'm the guy it's going to hit. Don't worry about you. If the odds are that it's going to hit the ocean, the odds of it hitting me are slightly greater. Police said an aircraft crashed into a home in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It's interesting. I've got a relative who lives in Hattiesburg. I'm not even thinking about calling him. I'm like, are you safe? How interesting. Tomorrow I'm going to come in on air. I'm going to say, my brother died. My brother's dead. A plane hit him. But that reminds me of the movie Donnie Darko, one of the greatest movies of all time. Don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a plane crash involved. Um, I know you're saying, is that really one of the greatest movies? It really is. It was one of those movies I did not understand. And at the end, I was like, whoa. Now I need to watch that one more time. And it's better the second time. Oh, and one last thought. Planes sometimes fall on people. That's why you have insurance for the weirdest freaking accidents to make sure you don't go poor. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's welcome in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com, an excellent source of domestic and international news. I've been using the service for 20 plus years, thrilled with it. You can learn more at briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Um, Janet Yellen threw the market for a tizzy yesterday talking about rising interest rates and trying to cool off the economy. <laughs> I think a lot of us don't feel the economy is there yet because we're not out there enjoying it and seeing it and feeling it, but we know there's a lot of government stimulus. Where are we in this inflation, hot economy, healthy economy, federally supported economy? Uh, how would you give me a quick big picture on this? Well, I think we're uh, we're at a rapid fire pace right now, I think, in terms of the economy. Um, as far as growth, um, as far as a pickup in inflation, uh, and to be fair, it's you know what Fed Chair Powell is saying about base effects that that rings true here for the next few months here, because um, we're just comping against some really depressed levels from from last year when um, you know when COVID was first hitting. Um, but you're also getting plenty of uh, uh, empirical evidence that just you know from the companies themselves talking about these these price pressures that are building and, and, uh, and the fact that they're, 
basically raising prices to help protect profit margins. Um, and, and that will be the kind of like the great, uh, uh, you know, hurdle to get over here in the near term is, you know, will the market remain as patient as the Fed says it's going to be uh, with respect to these inflation pressures? Uh, and, and if the market shows a heightened degree of impatience, that would be reflected in interest rates, and uh, those higher rates will eventually, uh, you know, adversely impact uh, stock multiples. So we have to watch that here over the next few months. Uh, but as of right now, um, you know, the economy is firing pretty much on all cylinders, um, and, uh, and you're seeing the, you know, the growth come through in some solid GDP prints, uh, as well as uh, rising inflation uh, numbers, too. So I had a conversation with myself on the air yesterday, and it went something like reopening trades versus stay-at-home investments. And I kind of came to the conclusion, screw it. I got to go with what I go with. Long-term trends, electric vehicles, Trump oil, greater than oil. <laughs> Going back to fourth grade math, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. Tr- I'm trying not to get caught up in the short-term Pelotons or the short, and that's a bad example because the recall, but the short-term stay-at-homes and the reopenings. I, I don't want to own oil stocks just because the economy is going to roar because I haven't really owned oil stocks for a while. Am I making any sense on what you, the professional, is doing versus me, the amateur, per se, as far as my approach, where I still think the long term, the big picture is the way for me to go, but I'm missing out on some easy gains for sure. Right. And and I think, Robin, you know, where time horizon does does come into play here. Um, okay. You know, I think uh, obviously with the the dawn, really, of electric vehicles, um, you, it's easy to, to make that case that, you know, that's where the, the future is headed, right? And I don't think anyone would, would argue with that necessarily. But, um, you know, but there's a lot of uh, uh, road that still needs to be traveled there, so to speak, before, you know, you're at uh, mass adoption, Really, and, and so what happens in the meantime is that well, you still have you know fossil fuel companies that are very important to the industrialized economy here, uh, not only in the U.S. but around the world. And so, um, so kind of you know, if we look right at the market this year, uh, the best performing sector is energy, right? Okay. Um, you know, it's up almost it's up almost forty percent year to date, and. So, you know, it's quite the opportunity cost there if, you know, we're kind of sitting back saying, well, you know, electric vehicles are where we're headed, so I'm not going to buy those energy stocks, right? And I, and I realize there are some uh, social factors that, that play into why one might not buy an energy stock as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, from a market standpoint, from an investing standpoint, those have been home runs this year. Absolutely. And, uh and, and, you know, and you can kind of ride that trend, if you will, to to make some you know, easy money, really, um, uh, if you don't necessarily let your kind of like your long term view, uh, you know, keep you from um, doing something in the short term that can be very profitable. I get it. And again, it's I, I think I overcompensated is what I'm getting out of no energy stocks, electric vehicles pre pandemic. And now I'm trying to like feel better about that overcompensation of nothing. Maybe I all along I should have had a little bit of something, a little bit more diversification. But we don't have to beat that one up too much. 
Um, I brought up an interesting theorem this morning, and you can tell me if this is true or false, but births fall into a 42-year low in the United States. Big headline this morning. Um, I think it's tied towards housing costs and the American dream and another pandemic and the people who are under 25 years old have seen two rough economies, not wanting to settle down, not wanting to bring kids in the world, not feeling certain about their jobs. Um, any big picture thoughts on like, I'm like, those are future taxpayers who to support my retirement. Please make babies. <laughs> but that's the wrong thing to say. Um, any thoughts on where we are culturally or in how that it maybe is mixing with the economy? Because uh, housing seems to be an issue that's bigger than people think to me. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it's it's wrong to say it necessarily because uh, when you see what's going on right now with all the deficit spending, um, you're going to need more taxpayers in the future. <laughs> and when you see, you know, birth rates decline, um, it, it, it's going to uh, perhaps challenge, you know, that, that standard of living, you know, uh, in later years, uh, frankly, as, you know, our kids' generation and their kids, you know, are going to be obviously left price tag from, you know, what we're doing today. Um, so it's, it's not inconsequential. Um, it's, it's an important uh, demographic, demographic pattern that uh, can have some adverse uh, consequences. But, you know, I think, you know, from the cultural aspect, uh, I think what you're, you are saying is, is, is on point, you know, um, uh, life is getting more expensive. And I think yep. as you and I both know, it's, it's not, it's not cheap to have kids. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I do think that, um, you know, there are uh, new um, sort of perspectives uh, as far as, you know, the timing of when one wants to start a family and, and, uh, and whether they even want to start a family that perhaps weren't there 30, 40 years ago. So, um, so it, is, it is something that's a crucial um, component here um, and it, it would get glossed over, you know, at a time like this, uh, particularly from a market perspective, when all we're looking at is, you know, rising stock prices and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, this is one of the, I guess, the longer term issues. If we're going to pull a theme from today's interview, like you were saying, as you think long term here, well, this is one of those things you have to think long term about uh, because because um, it could come home to roost, uh, in, you know, in due course. Okay, I've monopolized all the time so far. What do you want to talk about? What do you, if you were to write a question for me, what, what do you brought up? <laughs> well, I, I, I would, I guess, I would ask you, um, uh, Rob. You know, other than stock prices going up, what else do you think is going up in the next oh year or two? <laughs> and I'll give you the answer. Um, Can I taxes? guess Bitcoin? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, probably Bitcoin, but. Uh, but if you'll bear with me, I say taxes are going up, inflation's going up, and interest rates should be going up. So, none of those with are good. Backdrop such as that, you know, how much do you want to pay up for stock prices, right? You know, what's that going to do ultimately to, to to multiples? And it's kind of one of the topics that I would likely be addressing in the big picture column this week. It's as far as a market that looks like it's been really easy to make money, where you know, further upside from here, it could be a little bit more challenging to come by as market participants come to grips with, with the reality that uh, other things will be going up too that could challenge the uh, pace of stock price increases. 
Well, that's not great news. Higher interest rates, higher inflation. Warren Buffett told us a little bit about it. Uh, Janet Yellen said a little bit about it yesterday. Um, she wants to cool off the economy. Is there a soft landing? Because it feels like the Federal Reserve is always engaged in hard landing scenarios. Um, soft landing would be <laughs> stock market doesn't crash. People don't lose jobs. Yeah. It's like kind of a nice slow transition to a, a different environment. Any soft landing scenarios in your head? Well, I'm, I'm struggling with it. You know, I kind of chuckle at the idea that we're, you know, a lot of Fed officials and, you know, and even Treasury Secretary Yellen come out and say, you know, if inflation really does pick up, you know, we've got the tools to, to get it back under control. Well, what happens, though, in the meantime, when you're not using those tools and interest rates stay at the zero bound and you continue to get, you know, speculative price action and, and just, you know, expanding multiples at the time when you go to use those tools, you're, you're looking at, you know, a market asset prices that are probably way overvalued. And so you, you do get a hard correction, um, you know, when that time comes. And so I'm, I am struggling to figure out how the, the Fed could engineer a soft landing when it keeps promoting, you know, a takeoff here for, for asset prices. Thanks for joining us. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. We look forward to your page one every single day and your big picture on Fridays where you're kind of um, going long form with the read. I do enjoy the research. I do enjoy the work. Thank you. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. You can find them at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I had a business ethics teacher in college who was fantastic. I think he realized we didn't have a lot of money as college students. And he offered us, do you want a $350 textbook on business ethics and business morals, or do you want to read Plato's Republic? And we're like, that sounds good. I'm like, I could read all about Socrates Johnson and how he ruled the Greek basketball court system. It didn't quite work out like that. But one of the things that he talked about was the absurdity of having a child. He had a three-month-old child die. And he's like, I, logically... I can explain everything to you. Business ethics, I can explain everything to you. But you, there's some things you just can't understand. And I get that one. And it hit me as a college kid, which tells you, uh, that's a good statement. You should write that one down. Peloton recalling all treadmills after reports of injuries and one death. Um, a child died um, near a, a Peloton. You could ask all sorts of ridiculous questions. Like, what was the parent doing? Why was the parent on a Peloton? Why was the child unattended? You can, you can demonize the situation however you want to demonize it. But it's still a kid. And that doesn't make any sense. The sneaker wave yesterday, there's a story on Yahoo. And I, I just got to unplug Yahoo. 12-year-old kid swept out to an ocean in a sneaker wave. Parents were surprised. They didn't know what a sneaker wave was. And I'm like, that, that's going to mess them up for life. Every time they see the love boat, they're going to be like, my kid died in the ocean. Every time they see an, uh, a sunset on the beach, they're going to go, I wish we didn't go to the beach that day. Um, so I respect Peloton CEO for coming out with a massive apology. Um, it's the right thing to do. 
he says, I want to be clear, Peloton made a mistake in our initial response to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's request that we recall the Tread Plus. It's almost uncommon. <laughs> it's almost like we fight for change the narrative, never, never apologize. Um, but it, corporate ethics-wise, that's the right thing for the company to do. To say, we made a mistake when we fought this. We were too brash. We were too arrogant. That could save the brand. This could have destroyed the brand. Elon Musk is going to be on Saturday Night Live this weekend, live from New York. That was a dream job of mine in high school, college. I always wanted to work for SNL. Closest thing I got to go to was a taping of SNL and the after party, which was pretty epic. Um, but that was a lot of strings being pulled and... I didn't say no. If you want to, if you if you get where I'm pick, if you pick up what I'm dropping, Facebook's going to pull the Trump ban, but reassess the decision over the coming months. Dogecoin prices breached 50 cents, jump all the way to 70 cents on Elon Musk's SNL episode. Will he talk about it? Here's where I hope Lauren Michaels does the right thing and puts a no-no on that. SNL should be about making fun of him as a billionaire, being an out-of-touch Fruit Loop guy that wants to go to the moon. Not about him getting richer by pumping Dogecoin. But again, that's my ethics. It may not be Lauren Michaels. It may not be anyone else's. But I would be indignant if I didn't say that out loud. Other big stories. Oh, by the way, uh, you know how I was talking about fertility rates? This is going to get ready for your mind to be blown. Deep, deep, deep in the story on fertility. And it, there, there's how many babies we're having, how many women, how many babies we're having per thousand women is in decline, i.e. the fertility of those per thousand. When we add hundreds and thousands of Americans through legal and illegal immigration every year, um, those babies are all counted. When they have a birth certificate, they have a, a count. The birth rate amongst girls between the age of 10 and 14. I just want you to think about that for just a second. Off the record, I got a 12-year-old boy who it freaked me out when I read that story about a kid being swept out of the ocean. And it freaks me out to think of a girl between 10 and 14 that we still report on this in the United States. It stayed where it was pre-pandemic. So... Um, very uncomfortable words about to come out of my mouth, but underage sex, rape, whatever you want to call it, isn't moving, isn't budging with the pandemic. Two tenths, less than one birth per thousand in 2020. So you look at the American population, you start adding up, and you're like, that's more kids than I would have thought. And it, it's, whoa. I know you're saying, Rob, that was tactfully handled. Maybe not, but I tried. Yahoo and Apollo Group. Apollo paid $5 billion for Verizon Media. Verizon will receive $4.2 billion in cash, seven hundred fifty in preferred interest in the retained company. Yahoo still reaches 900 million people worldwide every month. They still generate a significant revenue. 
of 2.3 billion in the fourth quarter of 2020 alone, 7 billion in revenue every year. People ask, why would you buy them? It's because you think you can revive them. Um, they're clearly not going to compete with Google and Amazon and ad buyers. So the company that bought them is going to focus on the ad buying relationship free from Verizon's management, which should be focused on telecommunications equipment, 5G rollout, relationship with phone vendors, and not necessarily Yahoo Sports. That deal started making more sense to me for the private company because it was interesting. It was inspired from a listener who's like, um, am I going to lose my Yahoo email account? I'm like, no, you're not going to use your Yahoo email account, but let me ex learn why. And there's legit revenues there. There's just no focus on advertising revenue. None. Verizon couldn't bring it at the table. That was a botched acquisition. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.